Welcome. You're listening to the Voice of Vedanta podcast from the Vedanta Society of Southern California. Visit us on the web at vedanta.org. Om Shangno Mitra Shangbarunaha Shangno Bhavatyar Yama Shangno Indro Brihaspatihi Shangno Vishnu Durukramaha Namo Brahmane Namaste Vayu Tvameva Pratyaksham Brahmasi Tvameva Pratyaksham Brahmavadishyami Ritam Badishyami Shatyam Badishyami Tanamam Abatu Tadvaktaram Abatu Abatu Maam Abatu Bhaktaram Om Shanti 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 Om may the guardians of the day be propitious to us. May the guardian of the night protect us. May the guardian of vision guide our steps. May those powers which conserve strength and sharpen the intellect benefit us. May the all-pervasive Lord protect us. Salutations to Brahman, the controller of all actions. You are truly the visible Brahman. You alone I address as the visible Brahman. The right will I speak, the truth will I speak. May Brahman protect the teacher, may he protect me as well. Om peace, peace, peace be unto us all. Today we have our topic. It is a unique idea of Vedanta. It is called the Nitta and the Lila. Nitta is a Sanskrit term and Lila is also Sanskrit. But its meaning we all know. Nitta means that which is eternal, which is there forever, which is unchangeable, which is absolute, which has no birth, growth, decay or any destruction. And that is the Nitya. And it is called Lila. Lila is the divine play. This play which is going on in the world who is here? It is the play of the same divine, the same absolute. When it is in motion, we call it Leela. Ramakrishna gave the example when the snake is coiled up and sleeps. It is absolute, it does not do anything. But when it wriggles and moves, that is called the play, the Leela. So the Leela is this visible universe, is that lila, lila of whom? Lila of that absolute. Not in Vedanta there is no two entity. It is one and the absolute. Not that world is created due to something else. Or it is something different from its constituent element, what is called Brahman. So everything, as you see, it is all the play of that same divine absolute. So the divine lila can be expressed in this way. That is the relative. That is the absolute and this is the relative in which we find all the changes coming again and again. And it is this play going on and on and on. And it is relentless. The creation, that creation in which we live, sleep, eat, and experience everything, it is explained by the devotees, the Vaishnavas, as it is the play of the Lord. A conception which introduces the elements of spontaneity and freedom. This concept of Leela, it comes, how did it come? It is not with much effort. This creation has not come somebody sitting there and with much effort have created 
the earth, the sun, the moon, the stars, inch by inch, little by little, with much uh, trouble and turmoil, uh, as we all do to create anything as a human endeavor. It goes through so much of turmoil and labor, labor intensive. But it is not for the absolute, it is not two entity that one has created the other. In Vedanta we understand two things. One is called the efficient cause and the material cause. For anything we see in the world, there is two aspects of it. One is the matter. Suppose this chair, chair, there is a matter, is the wood, the element, or the nails, glue. But this is not all. You put the wood, nail, glue, it does not make a chair. So you need some body which is conscious. That's called the carpenter, who assembles together, who curves it, gives it a particular shape as he wants. And when it is done, we call it a, is a chair. In this, when you look at the chair, our attention grows only straight to the material cause, the matter, the wood. We see the wood here, the polish, the wood, the matter. But who is the efficient cause? Whose work actually manifested in the form of this particular shape, which is, I like it or I dislike it. So here, efficient cause and material cause, two things are there. In Vedanta, efficient and material cause are not two separate. The same thing is the material cause. Same is the efficient cause. That means it's a very deep concept. This whole universe, always we think that God has created. And God has created means God is somebody who is separate from the creation. As every time it happens for our human experience, you create something. But you are not just finished in the creation. You are beyond something more than creation. One artist creates so many artwork. He's not finished in one artwork. So in this creation, one creator who is separate from the creation, that is the dualistic idea. But what we are studying today, it is the one and the same. One is the efficient, that means the active part of it, but another is the ingredient, which is we see around. The same ingredient of consciousness, the same ingredient of Satchidananda, the same ingredient of divine entity, as I see it. But I don't recognize that way, as I just give the example when I look at a chair or any creation. We find it the matter. Matter comes to our experience first. Intelligent people question, oh, who has created it? This temple, who has created Whose architecture? We go to the architecture. It is a deeper study. Otherwise, we are overwhelmed with the creation only. And you can say, is the creator here? The architect is here in this creation? Yes. In a subtle way, he is present here. Or she is present here. Luther Riggs did this. So the great architect. Uh, she is not here, but she is present here. In every the curvature and these pillars and these and that design, it is she is present in a subtle way. So in this creation, we can look at the creation in this way, that it is only the material side of it. But if we are little introspective, then we can find that creation, whose creation. And there comes the dualistic idea, there is somebody else, the matter is this, and somebody is separate from this matter, and he has created this universe. But in Vedanta it goes one step further, there is no second entity excepting that one reality. And that is the absolute, that is called the Nitya. Nitya means that is the absolute, unchanging, ever-existing, unending. So there is no decay of it. It is there all the time. 
and it is spontaneous. That's the beauty of this creation, as I have said. In the Upanishad, it is said, Yasya nishashitam metat jadrig veda samaveda atharvaveda, I like that, and not all the creation. He says that, Yasya nishashitam etat, that as if you're giving an imagery, that that absolute, as if he breathed out, and there came the whole universe. And the Upanishad also declares someplace, thought, just it, in his mind came, let it be so, and it became like that. That is the spontaneity. It need not have to go step by step, reason by reason, with much effort to do something which is not here. Because it is coming from his own entity. He only remains in that absolute state of unmoving state, unchanging state, that is called the Brahman. And when he wants to create, he is just lelaito eva, in the Upanishads, it says, just like a play, it dances, it plays, and that same one appears to be many. And that is the Leela. In the philosophical term, this Leela is, is to be called as relative, and it is very much really related with Nitta. Without Nitta, there cannot be Leela. Without Leela, Nitta can be there. Without the waves, and ripples in the ocean, the ocean can remain. But the ripples and waves cannot be there without the background of the ocean, which is nitya. Absolute is absolute. It is on independent of everything. But when the absolute remains in its permanent state, that is called the nitya. And that which is not that, it is called the Leela. In the Gospel of Sri Ramakrishna, we find that Sri Ramakrishna talks about this again and again in so many ways. Sri Ramakrishna says in one place that both the Leela and the Nitta belong to the same reality. Both the Nitta, the Leela and the Nitta remain, belong to the same reality in one form. In one form, it is the Absolute, and in another form, it is the Leela. Even though the Leela is destroyed, the Nitta always exists. Water is water, whether it is still or in waves. It is the same water when the wave quiets down. So this is Sri Ramakrishna's own experience, and he gives us a very clear expression of that then it is truth. We see that one day, Sami Turiyananda, young man, Hori, he went to Sri Ramakrishna, and he could not come to Sri Ramakrishna for a long time, and being asked, why did you not come? They, everyone said that he is deep into the study of the Vedanta, so he does not have any time to see Ramakrishna. <laughs> so when he came, then Sri Ramakrishna simply said, what is there in your Vedanta? You see, in one form, he, the absolute, and in another form, he, the relative. Here you see, language always troubles us. It is going he. It is neither he, neither she, neither it. <laughs> what word will you use? So they have used the word he, but it is not gender-centered, any word. It is the truth, what is Sri Ramakrishna used that word. So you see, in one form, he is the absolute, in one form. When you go transcend the body-mind idea, you raise your consciousness in a higher divine plane. There, this world does not remain, the duality drops off. So there, in it is absolute. And in another form, when you see, it is, this is the relative, Leela. What does Vedanta teach? Ramakrishna continues. Brahman alone is real, and the world is illusory. According to Vedanta, you all know, we are listening all the time Vedanta. What is Vedanta? Vedanta says, this is Brahman alone is the reality. 
unchanging reality. Then what about this universe? It is all illusory. Why illusory? Oh, it is mitha. Mitha means it is not real. Well, why it is not real? I see every day. Then Vedanta says, you see, but you don't, don't see the same thing which you saw yesterday. By split second, it is all changing. So what you are seeing, you may say that I am seeing the same sun. You are not the same sun. The, the, the energy has been dissipated in one day. How much energy has been dissipated from the sun? That minus. You are seeing today, sun, yesterday's sun, minus that much of energy today. I am seeing you, you are not the same person. You have progressed one day in your life and all the changes which has come in the body and mind, I am seeing you. So, is it true? Is it absolute? Well, no, 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 how can it be absolute? It is changing. So what is changing? That changing means it is illusory. Illusory in the sense, it is not the absolute. I am not seeing the same thing. And I who am seeing with my mind and body, this is also changing. I am not the same person as I was yesterday. Because apparently it seems the same, but in reality it is not. So Sri Ramakrishna says, Brahman alone is real and the world is illusory. Is not that so? But as long as God keeps the ego of a devotee in a man, the relative is also real. Now, we can say in Vedantic perspective, it is all illusory. It is not unchanging, but it is all changing. But Bhakta, the devotee, devotee don't want to see like that. Devotee wants to see that it is all God's play going on. Whatever is happening in the world, Ramakrishna in that state of Bigano, it is a state of realization when he speaks that this whole world is God's play. Even the leaf does not move without the will of God. And it is all he himself or mother herself, whatever, it is the play of the divine. So devotee does not look at that when a person have the ego. So long we have our ego. When the ego abolished, ego, ego is gone, then who will say what is what? That's, that is the state in the samadhi state. That is called the nirvikalpa samadhi. That is the state when you say our ego totally gone. Gone means we go beyond time, space and causation. Whenever we are in this world, we are in the time. Click, 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 click. It is 11 o'clock, already it has become 11.25. By that time I said, it has become few seconds more. So it is click, 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 click going on. So everything we see, it is under time. And if it is under time, it is in a space. And it is happening. And there is a causation of all this. So this time, space and causation, we are bound so long we have our ego, I concept. I, I is there means that duality is there and the changes are happening but there is a question who is in the showing like a change so Vedanta says everything is in time space causation Vedanta says that everything is illusion but the devotee wants to see not in that way devotee wants to see that it is all the play of the Lord going on so in every action every dealing we can think that we are we are playing with the Lord the Lord in everyone. But this is not an ordinary standard. It is the state of Vijnana. That's why it says, so long ego is there, I see this duality. By chance, anyone's ego is dissolved into the cosmic reality, then you feel that you are that. There's no question that you are separate from that. When he completely effaces the ego, what is he? The Lord, the creator, who creates the universe to play in this way he has created ego in you ego in me ego in every individual being even a crawling worm has the ego huh? you see a tiny ant you see stop its movement it turns the other way it has the ego <laughs> even you look at the creeper creeper is trying to go this way you stop it you say no I'll go the other way so 
soul on creation this ego is there it is god's way of creation and when by his grace the ego effaces ramakrishna said then what remains what remains that cannot be described by the tongue uh, who will say the tongue is gone no to describe something you need some tongue but the tongue functions because of the mind mind functions because there is intellect and ego if the ego gone so mind is gone in your tongue is there but it does not function the siramakrishna when in the ecstatic mood of samadhi you see that he is overwhelmed he is not dead but he cannot speak anything that's why all the scriptures become mum and numb he cannot say anything what is that experience that cannot be described by the tongue but as long as god keeps the ego one must accept everything removing the outer sheath of the plantain tree you reach the inner pith as long as the tree contains the sheaths it also contains the pith so too as long as it contains the pith it also contains the sheaths the pith goes with the sheaths and the sheaths go to the pith in the same way when you speak of the nitya it is understood that the lila also exists and when you speak of the lila it is understood that the nitya also exists so this is the synchronizing these two realities one is the absolute reality and another in which we live every day the problem is that why we are talking about this nitya and lila because in our day to day life we cannot synchronize it we feel when we meditate about one thing that it is the truth is beyond time space causation and beyond our mind that is a state but when we come down we see this variety and in this variety we have our happiness misery pleasure pain and all these dualities in which we live every day and the suffering is also there joy is also there so how to explain that so that is a very important point Sri Ramakrishna also continued to say in another place that God has created everything, and in one place he says, "The Divine Mother would put me in such a state that sometimes my mind would come down from Nitya to Lila, and sometimes go up from Lila to Nitya." This is a beautiful way. Only realized souls can play in this dual plane. one time in this plane of reality or in which we live and another time he shoots up into the absolute where totally this world uh, is dissolved as it were there is no existence of anything but that reality so he says divine mother as he used to call the lila lila mai the mother who is the controller of this divine play going on that's the shakti she has put me in such a state that sometimes my mind would come down from that absolute when he is in samadhi and comes down we see what he says oh mother don't make me unconscious i want to play with the devotees like that some desire he is totally absent minded there there is no existence he cannot speak move but he is coming down from the absolute to this lila and then mind will come down and another state when from nitya absolute to lila the relative and sometimes as we see in the gospel of ramakrishna we read every now and then sri ramakrishna talking to devotees and then singing some songs and he went into ecstasy and ecstasy then he has become almost breathless doctors could not find any pulse even sometime doctors would come to see whether the really he's alive or not it is poke the finger in the eyes it is dead no response so this is the position from relative to nitta sri ramakrishna has gone into that level and another state comes comes down from that that is a pleasurable moment when one goes from this way enters into the absolute there is absolute truth 
and absolute bliss, absolute oneness. The ego with which he was or anyone is practicing spiritual discipline and that ego gradually lost its own entity and ego merges as Ramakrishna gave the example, the salt doll trying to measure the depth of the ocean and it merges into, then what remains on the ocean? Where is the salt doll gone? Salt doll merges, that ego totally effaced. And that is a state, inexplicable state. No one can have any expression. In the Upanishad, sometimes they say, Ha-bu-ha. Ha-bu-ha means nothing. <laughs> like our uh, Narada Sutra, Narada Bhakti Sutra. Narada's, the sage Narada says that when you realize, uh, when you are in love with the divine and you become Mars there, what happens? He says, you know, Mukhavashwadanabhat, like a person who cannot speak and you feed him some honey or very precious, beautiful uh, taste. He enjoys that. But when you ask him, what he will say? He will make a gesture and posture. Ah, ah, ah. That means it is a joy and joy and joy that cannot be expressed. If it is a material plane, if that happens, what in that absolute joy one merges, ego is totally merged. But when it comes down, so there is joy. But now when Sri Ramakrishna says, mother also sometimes brings my mind from the absolute to the relative. And then what happens? There is the most charming thing and that is the goal of all human personality to enjoy that. That same is seen in so many forms. It's a tremendous transformation and it's a place of tremendous joy. That's why it is said that in human life, the purpose of human life is to enjoy this bliss with eyes open. That is eyes closed. And not only eyes closed, your mind is closed, your intellect is gone, everything is lost. But when you come back and through these eyes you see, your brain is functioning, your eyes are working, your mind is active. But what you see, it is a totally a different view of the truth. You see, it is all made of the same element. And what he says? Sri Ramakrishna said it is like a wax garden. In the wax garden, you see everything. You see a tree, a man standing under the tree. If you make a garden like that. But everything is constituted with only one element. That is the wax. So, when one comes down from that level, that is the blissful, that's the lila, the play. Who is playing? It's all mother, mother, mother. Or you can say whatever. It is all Christ. When taking a name here, the absolute, you cannot say. What is that? That's why when Sri Ramakrishna said that sometimes when I come down, what happens? He gave a very vivid description. He says sometimes when the mind descends to the lila, mind has gone in the merged into the absolute and our ego is lost, and when it comes down again from the absolute or the nitta to lila in which we are living now, I would meditate day and night on Sita and Rama. That means you are going from the duality to the absolute. What we do every day? We meditate on our divine chosen ideal. Suppose you think of Christ, you think of Rama, you think of Krishna. But thinking of that, they are the embodiment of that consciousness, concretized consciousness as it was. Meditating on that, mind goes beyond and mind merges ultimately and from the form to the formless. And when it comes down again, Sri Ramakrishna gives the example that again it enters into it. And what it sees? It sees nothing. There is nothing, that same divine which you focused before, everyday meditation. When you come down from Samadhi, what will happen? 
you will see the same divine in every form, every name. In the Gita, it is said that Ishara Sarvabhutanam Hridhyasevarjunatishtati. The Lord resides in the heart of every being, not human. Everywhere you can see the same divine, that, that your beloved Lord whom you cherished in your struggling period of attaining spirituality. When you come down, then you see that same divine everywhere. That's why it is said that I used to constantly behold the form of Sita and Rama. And Ramlala, Ramlala is the baby Rama, was my constant companion. That means he sees nothing but, he lives in the realm of the divine personality. And then again when he comes down little, little down to our plane, then he sees that it is the only which he saw in the absolute. It is only in, in the form of different names and different forms. The reality is the same. There is no parallel example like that of the ocean and the waves and ripples to understand this high philosophy. It is an experience. We are just discussing to understand what is that experience happened then. Again, Sri Ramakrishna says, that again, see, here is also how it is synchronized. The nitya, the absolute, is the same. In the infinite ocean of consciousness, that is the same. There can come a Rama form, divine form, concentrated love and blessings, another Krishna form maybe, another Rama form, another Christ form. But you meditate on Rama, you go through that meditation, and Rama merges into the absolute, infinite. And then you come down, you see Rama everywhere. And you come one step down, then you say, see, that absolute is playing. That's why Ramakrishna, when he's more in the awareness of the relativity, he is seeing everyone as Divine Mother. Everyone, even he's going to Calcutta and seeing passing through the places where prostitutes are standing, he is bowing down there, saying, Oh, Mother, you are here in this form. So there is nothing but Mother. And that Mother, as if taking one shape or the other shape. So, so he is using the terminology as Mother, but what he is seeing, the oneness, the one reality in every form and name. What an enjoyable place. Of that type of experience. So he says, again I used to be absorbed in the ideal of Radha and Krishna and would constantly see their form. Or again I would be absorbed in Gauranga, Sri Chaitanya. He is the harmonizer of the two ideals. At such times I would always see the form of God in the form of Gauranga. Then he said, this is the state. He has not come down too much. First absolute and then he is living in the realm of divine form. Divine form only. And now he comes down. Then a change came over me. The mind left the plane of Lila and ascended to Nitta. I found no distinction between the sacred Tulasi and ordinary plant. I no longer enjoyed seeing forms of God. I said to myself, they come and go. I lifted my mind above and I removed all my pictures of gods and goddesses from my room and began to meditate on the primal Purusha, the indivisible Satchidananda, regarding myself as his handmaid. So now another mood has come. When he says that in this relative there is called separation. Uh, separation means sometimes in so long you are in the duality. Sometimes you are connected, sometimes you are not. But I don't want this separation. So Sri Ramakrishna said that a mood came in me. If I see Rama, sometimes I may not because mind is dwelling in a little lower level. That divine form may disappear because Maya. So long you are in the level of Maya, suddenly you will have to sleep. You will have to dream. 
So you'll have to eat. So you come in a level where you may not be always deeply connected, but it is said that their inner awareness remains. But still, he wanted, there is a separation. Let me remain in that absolute consciousness. That's why he said, the, in that state my mind lifted and all the divine forms which he liked so much. In Ramakrishna's room, even if you go, you will find that there are different pictures, uh, photos of different gods and goddesses, what he used to keep. But that also he could not bear it because there are differences, there are little traces of difference, no? Because in the level of the, not in the absolute, so his mind, he said, his mind soared high into that absolute and then I meditated on that eternal Satchidananda. So these are the two states which people can climb up and come down. In the Upanishads also we find references of such ideas. It is said in the Prasna Upanishad, it says that Isha hidrashta prasta shrota grata This is the Lord. It is He who sees. It is He who feels, hears, smells, tests, thinks, knows. And that is the doer. Now, is saying that who is in you? Seeing, doing, testing, touching, understanding, everything. That is the Saguna Brahma. That means, that is not the absolute, absolute at the back. But it is he who sees through these eyes. He who sees through these ears. So it is that reality which is behind everything. And is the doer, the intelligent soul. He is called the Purusha called as is filled by the limiting adjuncts. But where is that observer? Stands. I see. Who sees in me? Eyes. No, not the eyes. No. Who sees the eyes? Your mind. Your mind. Who sees the mind? Your intellect. Who sees your intellect? Your ego. But who sees the ego? That is the eternal substance behind. So he, the jivatman, we, as we see, feel, taste, touch, this is the jiva, individual soul, established in the supreme immutable atman. That means each wave, think of one wave. Wave stands on the ground of that ocean. Each individual wave is different from the other, but they are all standing on the ground of the ocean. So he who sees this? Who sees at the background? Who, who is the eternal consciousness? Eternal awareness. I am aware of you. What is that awareness coming from? It is that absolute awareness. But it is percolated through these different levels. But when these different experiences and expressions collapse and merges, what happens? Then you remain in the infinite nature of yours. Beautiful Upanishadic verse. It says, Sajatha yimi nadya sandamana samudrayanaha samudrang prapya astangachanti. As the flowing rivers that tend towards the ocean, having reached it, the ocean, merge into the sea, all their names and forms they disappear. And people speak only of the ocean. So all these 16 poor parts of our individual being, he is the seer, I see, you see, every one of us see things outside, experience things outside. All these individual souls having reached him, him means the nitya, disappears in him. When the rivers reach the ocean, then you cannot turn, this water belongs to what? You say it is ocean water. So each individual, you, me, all, when we reach the destination of our journey, that absolute, then there all differences collapse or it merges. Their names and forms are destroyed and the people speak of the Purusha only. Then he becomes devoid 
of any part, it becomes immortal. So we are parts here. The same ocean has as if split into millions and billions of bubbles, ripples, waves. But when it merges into that ocean, the each individual loses the identity. And then they become what? They become the ocean. They become the infinite. So the, this is the spiritual journey, what we want to do. Go from this level of relativity, where we see so much diversity. Our spiritual practice can be directed in this way. If we know this philosophy, that this whole universe is only an expression of that absolute, timeless, spaceless reality. Absolute joy, absolute blessings. We are all springing from that. And we are all playing on that. And we all march into that ultimately. So whether it is merged, it matters nothing lost. The name and form, so long it is there, so long there is competition in the name and form. There are all expressions of existence and its manifestation in different ways. But when the, each individual wave or the ripple get merged into the ocean, what is your identity? You have no identity. You have the one identity, one nitta. You are there for eternity. But when you play, then it is lila. This, this is the play. So what we can use this beautiful uh, uh, understanding about nitya and lila is that in our everyday meditation, we can think of the nitta, eternal. Think that you are not the body-mind. Feel that you are the infinite ocean of consciousness. And now you think from that ocean of consciousness, all these divine forms and also the mundane forms, the sun, moon, stars, galaxies, everything is springing from that. And as in that play, the planets are rotating around the sun, sun rotating around the bigger sun, and all these cosmic things are going on. Go to the subatomic particle, to the greatest expression in the outside world of macrocosm, you find these are all play going on. But who is playing with whom? It is the one reality is playing with each other. So if we can just bring this awareness in the meditation that it is everything is coming from that one nitya, the absolute. There is only one. And from that springs even your gods and goddesses and angels, all the incarnations, they are the compact form of the absolute. Ramakrishna said that these incarnations are the highest expression of the absolute. Absolute you do not know, no one can say. But how can I understand that? You look at Christ, you look at Buddha, you look at Ramakrishna. They are the highest reading of the human mind about the Absolute. Because there is all love, all purity, all compassion, all holiness. So, that. But what about you and me? We are also same. Only with little bit of unknowingness or ignorance. And that makes us all different from each other. But whether you know or not, you are that. So it can be utilized in our meditation, thinking of the Absolute, and you think the whole universe, everything, all human being, all our friends, relatives, whom we love, who hates us, we hate them, everything is the only the ocean. It is the only one wave or the other wave of the same reality. Whom to hate, whom to love them. That is the perfect solution of our life. Uh, all the anxieties, worries, losing or gaining. It, it, it ultimately is no such thing as gaining or losing. There is nobody to hate. Nobody. That's why Gita always says, there is no slain, no one is slain, no one is slaying. No one is a killer and one is being killed. There is no such thing. It is only one, the absolute in playing its uh, all the different forms and names. And when we come down from that meditation, we can do every day this type of practice, nitya, the absolute, and this lila. And in the mental plane, 
think that everything has sprung from that. It's all playing in different roles, everyone. But it is only the play of the ocean water, nothing else. That cosmic awareness, cosmic bliss, playing in different roles. And now everything subsides there. And then open the eyes and try to put what I am seeing here. The same reality, the same ocean. In this form, I am, I am misunderstanding it. Because I am in the body plane. That's why I am seeing the body. If I am in the mental plane, I see you as a mind. If I am an intellectual plane, I leave it another identity. And I am ego level. Then, you know, every day we march there every day. In the deep sleep state. In the deep sleep state, if we had 100 people sleeping in one area, 100 people loses their identity. Men, women, old, young. What is good, bad, anxieties, worries of this entire world collapses there. What remains? We all remain in good sleep. Good sleep means no identity. But still we wake up and come back into the identity again. And then our drama starts again. When you come out of sleep, eh? after, after a good sleep, when you come out, then you see the same problem, same anxiety, same worries. Why? Because you have entered into the ego again, into the mind and into this uh, ex expressional universe. So this is a wonderful way of spiritualizing our life. That is, I'm handling with whom? I do not know you, but it is God. It is the same constituent element as is here, as is there, as in everywhere. So we are eternally connected and we are actually unknowingly we are playing with the divine. This is the Leela and this Leela is of the Absolute. We get a test of that Leela when we can really think in this way. And this Leela stops in our everyday play, in the everyday drama when we go to deep sleep. Our drama remains in the sleep, in the dream, and in the gross awareness now. But it stops there. But it does not stop permanently because we are not realizing in that experience when that ignorance will be last stroke of ignorance will be destroyed, then what will happen? There will be the same absolute reality and that consciousness will percolate through my present experience. Because of ignorance, that's why Upanishad says you go every day to that nita, to that eternal. Every night we all go. But there is a veil as it were. And our mind does not recognize what is that. But it goes very close to the absolute. Absolute joy, absolute peace. That's why when you go there, we get a little touch of that peace and joy. That's why when you go to sleep, that's the best time of our life, is it not? <laughs> Every day is all tension, anxieties, worries, gain, loss, everything goes away and you remain most peaceful when you go to deep sleep. But this can be practiced by spiritual discipline every day to go to that absolute, remain some time there and mentally play there and when you wake, wake up, see this universe and see who am I interacting in ignorance, I am saying you as a human being. But in reality, it is the nitya. It is the absolute in only different forms and shapes and actions. So nitya and lila, they are not separate. It is one and the same. And that, Sri Ramakrishna is a glaring example before us. He lived in the nitya and lila only. There is no other state. When he's in totally absorbed, he's in nitta. When he's coming down, he's playing in that, and he's seeing that same constituent element with everyone, holy or unholy. Holy Mother is to see the same reality in the highest and the ordinary. Because they don't see the outer thing, outer shape of the uh, wave. But what is constituted, it is constituted of the same consciousness and bliss. So, even though 
It's a question that when you will it continue forever, the Leela? Devotees want. Say, oh, oh, Ramakrishna said, Oh, Mother, don't make me totally unconscious. I want to play. I want to play with the devotees. But uh, that also, for a short time, it can stay. But that will also collapse. So, Nitya, even though the Leela, we like it, but Leela sometimes disappears. But that, that nitta, eternal, that cannot go away. The ocean cannot go anywhere. The ripples may come, ripples may go. But ripple is nothing but the ocean. That awareness should come into our life and then our life will be very much blissful. And this is the truth, true eternal truth, the absolute playing in the form. It is called the lila. And it is spontaneous creation of God. In the ocean, how many forms are coming and collapsing and again creating? It is spontaneous for the ocean. Ocean does not make much effort to create some waves. It happens. So God does not have to, the absolute need not have to do much effort. It spontaneously happens. And there is a freedom. When we reach that absolute, we have the freedom. And we have the spontaneity. You want to live here? Okay, you can do that. You want to live there? It is, that is also yours. So you have the freedom. And it's spontaneity. It's no one can bar you when you attain to that state. As Ramakrishna said, no one can stop it. So Ramakrishna says, even though the Leela is destroyed, Nitya always exists. Water is water, whether it is still or in waves. It is the same water when the waves quiet down. Thank you. Om Sarve Bhavantu Shukhinaha Sarve Shantu Niramayaha Sarve Vadrani Pashantu Makashit Dukkavag Bhavit Sarvastaratu Durgani Sarvo Vadrani Pashatu Sarvasvad Buddhimapnotu Sarvasarvatranandatu Om, may all be happy. May all be free from disease. May all realize what is good. May none be subject to misery. May all be freed from dangers. May all realize what is good. May all be actuated by noble thoughts. May all rejoice everywhere. Om peace, peace, peace be unto us all. You've been listening to the Voice of Vedanta podcast from the Vedanta Society of Southern California. Thanks for listening.